What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And welcome into episode three of the Anything But Football podcast. Um, Rock again today with myself, Nick Walker, and Matt Goldman. Matt's holding it down over in New Jersey. He just got his brand new mic, everybody. He's feeling like a real podcaster. We even we both we both got our new scoop gear right here, so we're we're both living the life. But after and the Buckeyes are off also off to a let's let's get it here after a win over Notre Dame, uh, I believe a five and a sorry six and a start. What what is it, Matt? You got the numbers top of the head. Yeah, Ohio State's 4-0 so far in the season and a gutsy Four. win in the ACC Big Ten Challenge over Notre Dame, 90-85, to and it was close. Ohio State was down, I believe, by 11 in the first half, and they came back, and I don't know if you got to catch the game, but it was a pretty good game, actually. Yeah, I got to watch most of it, and um, right off the top, I mean, you had to – it was definitely worrisome to see Notre Dame come out and be able to shoot at the high clip they were able to. Especially in the first half of a guy like uh, Cormac Ryan, uh, Ryan Cormac, however people want to try and say it, um, he he came out, shot the ball, shot the shot the leather out of the ball, put up 15 points in the first half. But after that, I mean, they have a very small rotation. I th- you definitely feel like he sort of got gassed, and he he finished with 15 points, got held scoreless in the first half. What was your what was your thoughts of um, Notre Dame itself before we get into just how, the total game? Yeah, so they only played two deep off the bench, including Matt Zona, who I got to see in high school a little bit from Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. He was one of the top players. Uh, he was like their center, the big forward, very big dude out there. And I don't know if you saw on ESPN, he was screaming in E.J. Liddell's face at one point, so pretty gutsy for a freshman to get in there and start getting E.J. Liddell's face. But from my takes for uh, Notre Dame, the two deep was interesting because, I mean, you saw, if you got to see on the TV, like, as you're watching ESPN, their bench was there was like nobody on the bench. I was shocked. I was like, well, Ohio State's got to take advantage of that. They're gonna be playing their starters most of the game. And then they had uh I believe it was Durham who fouled out of the game pretty early actually into the second half. So right then and there they only have one sub. So that's obviously gonna be a disadvantage for them. But offensively they they were shooting great. Uh they almost shot I believe fifty percent from uh yeah, they shot fifty one percent for uh the day on field goals. So they looked great. And Dane Goodwin, who's the ex-Ohio State, uh, ex-Ohio State commit, played all 40 minutes of the game. And then you had uh, Laswitzki and Ryan also played 39 minutes. And then Hub played 37 minutes, who had 26 on the day. So obviously these guys were gassed at the end of the game. And Ohio State was able to take advantage of that when they played five deep off the bench. So Notre Dame, great team. But if they can have a little more depth, I think that's a pretty decent team in the ACC. Yeah, and you, you talked about taking advantage of it. And I, I thought it was super interesting to watch. And you look at those minute splits. We'll go to Ohio State. You look at um, when you talk about Notre Dame's roster, excuse me, only going too deep. Like you said, um, Lewitsky is obviously a starter. Juwan Durham was a starter. And if you look at the height of both those guys, I believe it's six, six, not, uh, six, 10 and six eleven. So two guys that are near seven foot, which was huge. And it was something I think you and I both wanted to sort of see how it would go if you give them these big guys off the bench. And when you – it was interesting to see, if you look at Ohio State's minutes, 
you would think, okay, two huge guys. That means EJ obviously played a lot. EJ played, EJ played 30, almost 31 minutes, which is huge. But you would think that, okay, you have those two giant guys. Let's see, Kyle Young's probably playing 40 minutes. No, he was just under 25 minutes. And then Zed Key was at less than three minutes. I, I thought it was super interesting to see Holtman sort of go, okay, if you want to go two bigs, we're going to put Justin's arms out on out there on the court and also Musa Jalo and say, okay, guard us, four, four, bit, four guards, one big. And they were okay with a guy like Musa out there being able to defend a power forward or number four for Notre Dame. And they took advantage of it. They, they got in the lane. They got shots up. And I think we sort of talked about the previous two episodes. We want to see Ohio State shoot better. For, like in a total game, they shot nearly 50% from three, almost 90% from the free throw line. And for nearly 47% from the all, all over the court. Ohio State was really able to pick their spots, attack attack what you would have thought would be a weakness of um, of theirs and with these two bigs out on the court, but they were able to sort of spin it and use these four guards to take advantage of having Notre Dame having two bigs. And that's not to say that Notre Dame didn't have their way a little bit with their two bigs. They had success, but Ohio State really was able to limit it through athleticism, length, and great help defense. What was your thoughts on Notre Dame sort of going – pretty much two bigs all the game as much as they could. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting that Notre Dame was only going two bigs just because Ohio State could go a little deeper with their size, which they chose not to, which I found interesting. And Coach Holman kind of explained on the post-game press conference, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes about Ohio State side. Notre Dame, DeZona, who's a freshman again, came in, played a decent amount of minutes in a very tight game and a challenging game for this team because – they're going to play the North Carolinas. They're going to play the Dukes every year. Uh, even Clemson looked pretty good against Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. So they're going to have to. They're going to face some pretty big teams, and that might be a reason why Mike Bray's teams aren't haven't been doing so well ever since his runs in twenty thirteen and twenty eleven when he won Coach of the Year in twenty eleven. That they haven't recruited maybe the bigs that they used to and the players that they used to because if you have one guy who fouls out, I believe it was 11 minutes in the second half. That is not good because that's going to put your team at such a big disadvantage. Yeah, they were shooting the lights out. Still, getting those rebounds. We saw Ohio State have so many second-chance points in that game that it kind of was one of the bigger reasons why Ohio State ended up winning the game. And it hurt Notre Dame a lot not having that depth. And I think that's not kind of on the coaching on Coach, Coach Bray, especially putting Durham back in so early when he had four fouls was kind of troubling, especially him and EJ were testing in the paint and it looked like they were going to get called for texts on each other. But it just boggled my mind that Notre Dame wanted to do that to themselves when they knew that they were going to be this game till the end. And they still decided to put Durham in. And that was the reason why I believe they lost because they didn't have the big man out there to give them the advantage. Yeah. We talked about, you, you mentioned EJ there. It's sort of funny. He's sort of become a, He's a bit, he's the, probably the biggest talker on this team, and I think it's pretty funny to watch him interact with the bit, bigs down low all game because he, he gets into some of the guys. But this was the EJ Liddell game. We got to see a little bit of everything he did. He was had 19 points, 12 rebounds. That, I mean, that's what he was known about at Ohio State when he came in was, oh, he's going to get on the glass. He's going to collect a lot of rebounds. And I think the interesting thing to watch this game was that he got into the sort of the mid-range, and he found a lot of success. Uh, Dan Dockers talked about it a lot on the actual game podcast, talking about Notre Dame with that 3-2-2-3 zone, finding that space right there in the middle, and EJ was able to take advantage of it. They got the ball into him in the center, middle of the court, right on the, the conference logos, and 
EJ, EJ was able to knock down a few jumpers, and I mean, that that made Biggs have to come up and defend him more when it comes to maybe a pump fake, and he got to the rim sometimes. But EJ was just on the whole game, and I think EJ and Justice, uh, we, we, we sort of talked about it earlier. When it comes to Ohio State Store still looking for their guy, and I thought it was going to be CJ or Justice, and I think EJ could be in there. The only problem is just he's a big, and it's gonna you have to sort of feed bigs. But to see Justice and see CJ help contribute and put go along with EJ to sort of take over this game, it was just interesting to see how things how things sort of went for the Buckeyes when it got into this sort of crunch time. Everything wasn't going their way. I don't know. What was your take on this game getting real close and seeing how the Buckeyes were able to sort of separate throughout it? Yeah, so what I was thinking about most of the game and then I tweeted about it at one point, where was Ed Key? And you mentioned that he played less than three minutes. And when I went to the Stadcaster in the game, I was like, why does he have only two minutes? And Justin Arns played 20 minutes. And Justin Arns, uh, Justin Arns and Zed, two different types of players, but we could have used that extra big man out there. We could have used a little more aggression. And Kyle wasn't playing well, so why not give another guy the give, give the other guy a role? give the other guy a chance for a second. Justin did shoot well, obviously. His three-point shooting is his best part about his game. And Coach Holman said last week in the press conference that Justin's got to get more aggressive. Justin did get more aggressive, in my opinion. Justin just shot the ball again. It did his little pump fake, dribble, shoot. That's what he does. And I was confused. And when I was about to ask, I was literally up next to ask Coach Holman about Zed Key. Is like, where was he in the game? Of course, somebody else decided to ask him, like, darn it. Coach Holman said the reason why I didn't play Zed was because he's so young. He doesn't really know the defense as well. And that's why Moose also got more playing time. And I was about to put an article out. Unfortunately, the Michigan game was canceled that day. So obviously the article wasn't going to go out just timing wise. And I put my article that Moose is the most athletic player on this team. When he, I know he doesn't contribute much. In 2018, he averaged three points per game and three rebounds per game. That's obviously not amazing. When you look at a box score, you're like, Ugh, that doesn't look good at all. But it's because he's freakishly athletic, and that guy can get up. You saw that alley-oop he had. He's just a hard player that fights for this team, and I think that's why him and Justin were playing over Zed is because they know the defense more. They've been there longer. They know what they're doing, and they trust that EJ, Kyle, and Justice, excuse me, were going to get the job done down low. And unfortunately, Kyle didn't have his best game of his career. I think everyone can agree with that one, that Kyle just did not look the same. EJ stepped up and played really well. And I think with Coach Holtman and the coaching staff, it's not that they didn't trust Zed. It's just he needs more time before anything can happen. I thought it was pretty interesting that we saw so much of Justin Arns and not that much of Eugene Brown even as well to add a little more high in there because Eugene's 6'6". Justin Arns is not 6'6". Justin Arns, I believe, is 6'3", 6'4". So just that difference in height advantage was particularly interesting to me. But it worked for the Buckeyes, and it made it a closer game than it needed to be. But they got the job done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, my biggest takeaway, even though it's not just, it's not some super interesting thing. It's obviously just one data point in a in long season of games, but we're like we've talked about before, and we'll, we'll talk about it hopefully more next week once we sort of get more into the heat of the Big Ten. You look at teams like, Iowa with Luka Garza, Illinois with Kofi Coburn. These guys have bigs, and it was going to be interesting to see with the and Notre Dame gave it the first test of having two guys six, ten, or above, and that they, they they said we're gonna we're gonna go two bigs, and Ohio State responded with going, okay, we're gonna trust EJ, trust Kyle, one of them to play play one of your bigs straight up, and then when it comes to the offense, we're gonna play great perimeter defense, and if you get good shots in the paint and make those. That's okay, but we're going to take away the perimeter and make you beat us in the paint. And I think that's something that we'll probably see going forward is a lot more, like you said, Musa, maybe even more Justin, because they can trust those guys. And when it comes down on the other end, it creates a mismatch. I, I mean, obviously, I, obviously, a team like Iowa or even Illinois would love – Illinois would probably love to have uh, Bajan really guarded by Musa down in the block, but I don't think Illinois would love to have Bajan really guarding Musa on the perimeter. And it's a give and a take that Coach Woman's going to have to work through it all, 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 um, all season. Like you said, obviously, he can put Zed in there with Kyle. He can put Zed in with EJ. He can put the EJ and Kyle together like it is in the starting lineup. It'll just be interesting to see how it goes forward when it comes to these two bigs. Um, Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame was a better team than they um, were regarded as coming into this game. I think they played very well. And they have a team that when they're knocking down shots, is very tough to beat. Um, one team that is not knocking down shots and not doing super great is Cleveland State, who the Buckeyes are going to take on this Sunday. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Cleveland State is 0-2. They lost uh, two times to Toledo and, uh, and the University of Ohio. Um, most interesting thing about their schedule so far is Ohio actually was able to go on a 40 to nothing run against Cleveland State throughout um, about halfway through the first half into the halfway through the second half which is a crazy stat. And shout out to Coach Bulls down there at Iowa, uh, Ohio doing great things for the Bobcats. But, um, Matt, what have you seen? What do you think of Cleveland State right now? First off, great shout out to Coach Bulls, uh, ex-Buckeye on that Mahana staff. So have to give love to him. This Cleveland State team, they were added because the Alabama A&M game not long ago, that got canceled. So this gives the Buckeyes another opponent before Big Ten play against Purdue on Wednesday and then North Carolina right after that. This team – is not so good. They, as you mentioned, the 40-0 run that OU had on them, no, none of their starters, none of their players actually got 10-plus in that game. I believe they scored a total of 43 in that game. So if you think about that, a 40-0 run to total 43 points, obviously it's not going to go well for that team, which is Cleveland State. And then looking at the Toledo game right here, they had two players going double figures. First was Craig Bowden, who played – 36 of the 40 minutes, so obviously this guy we will be seeing. He's the guard number three. He had 14 points and four rebounds. And then we have Jason Goodrich, who came off the bench, a reserve, who is a forward who only played 19 minutes, but he had 11 points. So what I've seen so far, I watched a little bit from their Toledo game, watched some of their highlights. They're fast against 
their type against Mac against Mac speed. They're from the Horizon League, so obviously the Horizon League is not a tier level of Power Five, but they they play pretty fast for what Toledo expected, and that's why they only they only lost nine seventy to sixty one. So expect we're going to be expecting a smaller team than we've seen in the past for Ohio State opponents. I think it's going to be smaller than Notre Dame, obviously, just size and talent wise. But we're going to see a pretty quick team. I think that also we might not see a lot of Zed Key again in this game. I think we're going to see, at least in the first half and beginning of second half, we're going to see more Justin Arns and Musa again. I think that's also not a bad idea for the coaching staff. Get them more comfortable before they have some tough competition because Justin Arns will need to come in for big games and will need to do more than just shoot the three-point ball. And also as well with Musa, getting him more adjusted back into the offense because he had his year, his ankle season-ending surgery last year. I think getting those two more acquitted with the offense and getting to know this team better, playing with Justice, playing with EJ, playing with Kyle Moore, I think we'll get them going. CJ and Dwayne, although they played pretty well last game, I think those two are the most consistent players. We'll talk about that later. But I think Ohio State, we're going to see a smaller lineup again because this Cleveland State team is pretty fast. Yeah. Um, obviously, Matt's a big, a big Justin Orange guy, so it's going to come off every episode. Uh, Matt, Matt constantly talks about Justin, but – I, th- I did think it was a little hilarious to see Justin go head-to-head with a guy like Cormac Ryan at Notre Dame. I, th- I thought it was a good match of the same, like, archetype of player. But going on to Cleveland State, like you mentioned, um, we should preface that 40 run from um, Ohio by mentioning that. They have a legitimate NBA prospect, and they went – and J- Jason Preston, and they, they went toe-to-toe with a team like Illinois. They're not uh, – it's going to be – honestly, it's going to be very interesting if, they, if we get conference tournaments like we do typically to see a team like Ohio go up against a team like Bowling Green. Because the Mac honestly has two legitimate NBA prospects, and Jason Preston and uh, Justin Turner, who plays at um, Bowling Green, two great talented players. Um, as for Cleveland State, I haven't watched them at all. I, like I said, I saw the 40 year run. I think this is a team that is um, it's very guard heavy. Like you said, it's gonna they're gonna move fast, they're gonna move quick. But I think Ohio State, like just when it comes to scoring, I think Ohio State's defense is gonna come up big in this game. And I don't think that maybe it's maybe it's something that I need to write about or you need to write about it. Ohio State's defense overall has just been very good this season, especially when it comes to the help side. There was a lot of times um, where it looked like off a pick-and-roll sort of action that Notre Dame was going to have a lot easier buckets than they had um, than they were actually able to get. There was a lot of great help side defense. Um, I'll tune. I'll, I'll be tuning into this uh, Cleveland State game, obviously, but I don't expect much. I expect Ohio State to come out with a win. Um, great last tune-up before they get into their first Big Ten opponent in Purdue. And hopefully next week when we start talking about Purdue more, we can we'll go back in, we'll pull it back, pull back our our lost file of our Big Ten breakdown that Matt and I did. Maybe we'll run through that real quick before before the before or after the Purdue game, and then right around when they start looking to tip off against North Carolina, who is also a very talented team. Um, Matt, any last parting shots for you? Yeah, just this Purdue team, quick note before, because I think we'll be talking about this game after the game happens, as our next podcast episode will come out, that Purdue was up 32-14 in the first half to the Miami Univer- the University of Miami, Florida. They ended up losing 58-54 to Miami. Purdue is 3-2. and two. This is not the same Purdue team we've seen in years. No Carson Edwards, no Matt Harms, no just talent. This is a rebuild year for this team. This is not – I think we talked about this in the Big Ten preview that there's like three bottom teams in the Big Ten that are must-be wins for Ohio State are Northwestern, Nebraska, Purdue, arguably Minnesota. 
this is going to be a game that Ohio State must win in the beginning to get them going, get a jump for them against North Carolina. This is not the same team, not the same Purdue where in the past years, I mean, like, ooh, Notre Dame, or not, excuse me, Notre Dame, ooh, Purdue, this could kind of be a little tough. Purdue's pretty decent, actually, at basketball. Like, they shoot the lights out, usually. They have some smaller guys. They have some no-name guys that you don't really hear about that are shooting 12 points a game. You're like, whoa, where did that just come? So I think it's going to be a it's going to be a tough game for Ohio State because, you know, Big Ten competition, first game, jitters get it out of the way, but this is going to be a must-win for Ohio State, and then we'll talk about what we saw after in the next episode. But, yeah, Mick, any last points for you? Yeah, you mentioned it with Purdue, and I think the big thing about them has always been, and it's a little bit of the mentality Chris Holman wants to bring in, but I think with Ohio State's platform, they're able to bring in higher-level recruits like a Bruce Thornton, guys like that. But Purdue's mentality has been, and it's much like a lot of the teams in the Big Ten that are successful are. And even when you look at teams like Virginia, Villanova, it's that mentality of getting old and staying old with these programs. And right now, Purdue got old, and they weren't able to sustain it. And that's why they're, they're sort of rebuilding. We're going through the motions here. You lost to um, Matthias, I believe. You lost to Edwards. You lost to Harms. You lost to Haas. You lost to, like, another Ed, Carson Edwards. That's just a lot to lose over a few years span, and we're seeing it now at Purdue. They just didn't have the horses to replace those guys. Um, I guess this is our pseudo Purdue pre- preview, but like you said, it's if Ohio State, Ohio State, ideally, if they're in their in their perfect world, be a, the fourth or fifth best team in the Big Ten this year because those top three teams are just talented and absolutely loaded. Um, hopefully, that's or top three or four teams. That's where Ohio State needs to try and squeeze in at. And this is a team that you need to beat if you want to be that five seed, possibly four seed. If maybe you can pull one against Michigan State, something like that. Um, but other than that, yeah, that's all I have on Purdue. Matt's going to go home and probably watch some Daniel Jones tape to hopefully get removed off the injury list or whatever this weekend. You know, I was going to bring up, this might be a little sensitive, Steelers had their first loss. And you, I'm, you were talking about how the NFC leaves. East, you're talking about their their weakness. I mean, they the Washington football team did beat the Steelers, so that's true. The Washington yeah, football team, I'll give them credit. That defense is very talented. They they have a up and coming defense, offense not so much. I mean, Steelers fan, quick takeaway: what what happened? It was tough. I mean, it's just I I think Washington came out with a great game plan to slow down the the pseudo uh, quick pass run game that. Penn, uh, Pittsburgh has been able to succeed with this year. And I think it was sort of a thing the past few weeks of Pittsburgh was like, all right, we're going to be able to come back in the final drive. And as happened the past few weeks, Ben got pit, uh, tipped up, picked, and then game was over. I mean, it was horrible to see seem like freaking a guy like Chase Young go out and ball out all those different Ohio State guys, Terry McLaurin ball out. And I'm like, oh, man, like, oh, it's great to see those guys succeed. But I'm like, oh, I want my Steelers to win. Um, Let's just hope that Mac gets another win for his Giants. They take over the NFC least and win the division, get into the playoffs, and you know, give themselves a top top twenty pick instead of a top ten pick because Matt would love that. I don't know how to feel. I mean, I think it'd be nice, honestly, to have a playoff win. And the Giants have not made the play, not won NFC. I believe it was twenty fifteen, or they were, no, that was a wild card year. Excuse me. So twenty twelve, last time they won the Super Bowl, uh, yeah, in two thousand twelve. So. I'm hoping we beat the Cardinals this week and move to, uh, I believe we will move to six and seven. Not usually a wing record. It's usually not a first place record in division, but hey, 2020, anything can happen at this point. Yep. 
All right. Thanks, Matt. And um, for those of you, this probably come out afterwards, but I've got Mecca Buca to Ohio State tonight. Tune in. Big commitment, hopefully coming for the Buckeyes. Thank you guys. And hope you enjoy episode three of anything but football. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.